Welcome to another distinct nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Now to the first of our summer Funny Women series on Distinct Nostalgia, celebrating some of our favourite British sitcom heroines. Up first, she was in the films Straw Dogs, The Railway Children and Baxter. And on TV, The Fen Street Gang, Zed Cars and Dixon of Dot Green. But Sally Thompson remains most famous for her role in an iconic sitcom made by the legendary ITV company Thames Television. She played Joe alongside Richard O'Sullivan as Robin, Paula Wilcox as Chrissy, Eutha Joyce as Mildred, and Brian Murphy as George in the runaway 70s hit Man About the House. Nearly 50 years on, Sally Thompson has been chatting to Ashley about her days as one of Britain's most famous flatmates. Enjoy! Sally, it's absolutely brilliant to uh, to speak to you. I grew up watching you on TV. I grew up watching Man About the House. I'm a little bit too young for the Railway Children, but I've I've seen the Railway Children, obviously, and I know that was your sort of big break, as it were. Tell us a little bit about that first of all, if you can. I mean, that's now. Oh, is it fifty years ago this year? Yes, it was. I mean, it is, but unfortunately, we can't have any celebration lots and lots of fans of the railway children get in touch with me and um over the years and say oh sort of uh two years ago ish uh, they'd be saying oh what what you know what what are you doing for the 50th and i've i've replied well i i don't know because obviously it's not in my hands but um it will definitely be something smashing and uh, and here we are. <laughs> Absolutely nothing's happened. I mean, what's your lasting memories of that of that period? Because you were you were very young at that time, weren't you? Well, I was twenty, so I wasn't that young. But the thing was that um, I I think um, I'd made about um, five ish. I wouldn't be specific because I, I wasn't counting because I was working all the time. Uh, films for the Children's Film Foundation. And um, I went for an audition for uh, the Railway Children. And it was sort of similar, you know, usually took about six weeks and a sweet little tale and this and that and the other. And um, what the only thing on, on reflection, I wasn't thinking of it at the time, but the only thing on reflection was uh, they kept, they they actually auditioned. I had to go to about three auditions, which was, you know, not, uh, not, not the sort of thing I, I did for the other ones. And I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe it's because it's, you know, somebody, whoever the producer is or whatever, they'll, um, they're probably uh, particular. And it wasn't. It was because uh, the little girl that, who I played, Phyllis, was only supposed to be um, about... Uh, I suppose about 11 or something. Now, 
or maybe even younger. And they wanted to make absolutely certain that I looked young enough to to play the part. So that's that's the only difference. So when people say, oh, you, you must have been absolutely over the moon, uh, I was obviously very happy because I like working. But I wasn't over the moon because I was used to it. But, yeah, but, then, but then, then we, uh, after we'd finished it, we had um, a royal premiere at the opening of the ABC One and Two in, um, just trying to think, I think it was Shaftesbury Avenue. Um, and we had uh, Princess Michael of Kent and her husband, and we had um, Princess Margaret and her her children, and we all were sort of standing in a, in a row, and I thought, gosh, this is a bit weird. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't usually do this. And, and of course, it was because uh, it was, it, it was a, much bigger event than I anticipated. Was it meant to be a big film, or was it was it a surprise? I mean, obviously, it must have been if they were doing a uh, a, a launch like that. I suppose. I suppose it was. Uh, you know, it was. It was. It was. Plat- I mean, it was Jenny Agatha was in it, wasn't she, and things like that. So, uh, presumably, it was. It was seen as being. Uh, you know, an important film at the time. Well, I, I, I think so. I mean, it's Lionel Jeffrey's first film because he. He wrote it, and um, and obviously, you know, he was directing and everything. And I thought, oh, it's Lionel. He's nice. He's such a charming. He was such a charming man. Um, and it it seemed to be a bit sort of uh, more important than the other films that I've done, and. So I, I thought, oh, you know, this this is going. This seems to be going very well. I hope I hope they're happy with it and everything. Um, and then, um, oh, and then I got a, a phone call from Lionel while I was living at home with my mum and dad, and uh, he said. Because he was, he he did used to play jokes on us, so you have to bear in that that in mind. And he said, uh, "Oh, uh, I'd I'd just like to tell you, you've been nominated for a, a BAFTA for the Railway Children." And I said, "Oh yeah, sure." It's like, "Oh yeah, you know, and you'll be king of England." <laughs> Not that I even knew what a BAFTA was, really, because I'd just been working, working, working. But, um, and he said, no, really. I said, oh, goodness me, how wonderful. I couldn't go to the event, unfortunately, because I was making the straw dogs by then, which was uh, very different. Uh, and and the little boy who was in... Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, David Bradley, who was in Kez. 
I don't know if you've seen that, but I haven't. But um, he actually won it. So because I, I, I wasn't going to win it, they they didn't make any uh they didn't sort of uh say oh you know we can leave her off filming for two or three days or something because um i mean the straw dogs was it was pretty different and no i just thought well he he must be joking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was um, Lionel Jeffries was I mean he'd been around for a long long time uh, the, 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 the part I remember him playing was um, in the original Trials of Oscar Wilde he plays uh, uh, Bose's father um, you know the, the, the horrible dad that's um, you know tries to take Oscar Wilde to court or does take Oscar Wilde to court etc um, and he was brilliant in that he was really really good He's, it was a fabulous actor wasn't he Lionel Jeffries fabulous actor Yes, he was very, very good. Uh, I speak to his his son on Twitter. You did that, and then you were doing quite a few other things, weren't you? You mentioned the Straw Dogs with um, Dustin Hoffman and Susan George, and then you were doing um, various other things. You did a you did the Fen Street Gang as well, didn't you? At that time, around that point. But you mentioned the Children's Film Foundation, and that got you into quite a few other things, didn't it? Because you were in you were in Dixon and Doc Green and Zed Cars and things like that. Can you remember the parts you played in in those? No, I can't really. I mean, I remember doing it because I keep being um, I, pe- I keep being reminded by by frankly the people on Twitter they know more than I do. <laughs> uh, did, I did, <laughs> I did quite a lot of um, touring in the theatre, but I can't say that's my favourite thing to do. You know, you've got the whole day in a totally foreign place with nothing to do and if you don't know the cast it's even worse it can be quite lonely can't it can be quite lonely yeah it's it's it you know it's uh and then it's not my time of day to start working at sort of six o'clock after having walked around the wherever we did we did we weren't really Put in. I mean, I used to put myself into a nice hotel with a spa, so at least I'd have something to do. But initially, I I didn't, and it was sort of oh, you know, you walk around these places and they're very nice, I'm sure, but you don't know where to go. You don't know where to have a tea and, and sandwiches and and stuff, and and there obviously is somewhere, but you you don't know, and Rarely, I rarely found myself staying at the same place as uh, as the uh, other people who were in the in the show. Uh, m- mostly, I think they would. They, I mean, I drove, but I wasn't prepared to drive home every night from Glasgow or somewhere. <laughs> um, so, but I, I, I think uh, most of them drove a lot, and yeah, and yeah. I just go, I'd back, just to go this, back to this sort of room, sort of and, room and, and think, oh, it's it's too late to watch anything on the television because that have finished by then. Um, even if they had a nice restaurant in the area, which I'm certain they did, then 
I couldn't go there because they'd be closed by the time we'd finished. And it, it you know, it, it wasn't a whole load of fun. No, no, I understand that. I when I was um, when I was younger, I I, I started out as a as a, a radio uh, news presenter, and I used to freelance a lot, and I'd go all around the country and to different radio stations, and I'd end up staying in bed and breakfasts, which in weird, odd places, and it yeah, was it wasn't yeah. it wasn't nice. I'd come back, and I'd, there was nothing to do, nowhere to go, and there was one yeah, there's one yeah, there's no one, one exactly what there's one bed and breakfast I went to. And uh, the woman there, she, all she ever gave me was spaghetti bolognese. So it's like oh, no, I was no. like, I've had enough. I've had enough of this after after about five days. You know, because I was I was going back home at weekends, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that. I agree. I agree with you. It's not being on the road is not always a nice thing, is it? Really? So no, I, no, I, I, I guess it's okay if you're sort of uh, with a, with a lot of people that you you know quite well. Because yeah, well, now, now, now nowadays I'm I can't do it at the moment, but me and my partner are big. We're big fans of of big hotels, so wherever we go, we always find a nice big hotel where you're looked after. And if you go to a big hotel and be looked after, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. In Manchester, where we are, there's the uh, we have the Midland Hotel, which is quite well known, and it's uh, where a lot of the old Coronation Street casts when they first started, like. Um, you know, Violet Carson and people used to stay there, Pat Phoenix and others. And so it's got a bit of a history to it as well, you know. So it's quite uh, it's quite it's quite nice to be in there and uh, and see different people and, and to and that the staff always look after you. So if you can get that, it's uh, it, it, it's um, yeah, it can be a bit of a holiday, can't it? But um, but it, but if it's just um, going and staying in some grotty B&B, it's not nice, <laughs> especially over Christmas. That that is the pits, because if you're on your own. Uh, in a room, uh, or even in a nice hotel, but you and you'd see all these people having lovely Christmas parties when you came back from work, and it's like, oh, I'm absolutely shattered. And uh, even if I weren't, uh, I don't know anybody anyway. Let's look at Man About the House because. Um... I think most people remember you from Man About the House. Yeah, Can you remember yeah. how you originally got the part? How were you? Why, why you? Why were you? How were you casting it? Was it Brian I Cook think, and Johnny I Mortimer think, that spotted you? Uh, I'm not certain on this, but I think that they saw me, or they saw me in an advert, like the Bovril advert or the Crunchy advert. I, I, I made a few adverts. And I think they saw me in one of those. I've never thought of that before, but um, I can't. I can't really recall sort of having a, an audition for it. The whole idea, wasn't it, was a man about the house, and that was that was quite controversial at the at the time because the, the idea okay, of having okay. a yeah a yeah, guy with two yeah. girls, and I suppose they wanted a contrasting female to Paula. I suppose that's what they wanted somebody who was. A bit different, I suppose. I think so. I, I mean, I'd never worked with Paula or Richard before, and I'd never worked with the uh, with a producer or a director or anything. So, I suppose they just looked through Spotlight or something like that. I must have gone for an audition, I think. But I don't recall it, funnily enough. It just, I think it, I was so busy at the time. I, the, I mean, the, the jobs were overlapping each other. And 
really, I'd, I'd done nothing else. I was only a kid, but uh, it was sort of, it was my way of life. You know, what's, oh, oh, what's the next? And and I'd just go on and I'd, and I'd do it. But I thought, no, I don't. I mean, I know I had a lot of... Um, a lot of auditions for the railway children because they had to make certain that I looked young enough. And I had about three auditions, which was really odd because by that time I wasn't having auditions at all. They they just call my agent. She'd tell me, uh, oh, you know, go along to here and you're doing that. And I'd do it. And then it was on to the next thing. Um, but no, I don't, I, I don't re- actually recall doing it for that. Can you remember your first day with the other guys, with Paula and, and Richard? Do you remember meeting them for the first time? No, not really. I mean, I'd never heard of them. And they'd never heard of me, I'm certain. But, um, it, we were just... Uh, you know, we were, we were just kids, really, having a good time. But what do you remember about being on set with them? The Because, the, the you, you know, you might not have known each other, but you certainly were very good, all three of you, at creating uh, on-screen chemistry, weren't you? We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm Y'all trying, already? Yeah, I'm trying, yeah. trying, trying, oh, yeah. trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Damn, me, me. Yo, look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like... Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I ain't gonna lie, we play with this shit right now for real. Oh, don't lie. play with, it, play with it. No. it. Take that shit serious. Yes, the chemistry just clicked in, which was great. What was that? Was the early seventies. It was. We had. I mean, people who who were in sort of long running running. Uh, comedies and stuff today would be so jealous because we had a whole week so we'd go in on the Monday and we'd just sort of we'd go to rehearsals and we'd just sort of read through the script and at lunchtime that was enough and so we all went off together to have lunch somewhere and we carried on, and then we had a whole week of that, and then we um, we actually recorded it in the studio. We had the the the, the whole Sunday, which was our our vis- busiest day of the week, to sort of concentrate and do everything. What do you remember about those very early days of doing that? I know you say you were busy, there were lots of things going on, but obviously a sitcom. Um, would I presume be quite a big thing to be cast in? Um, did you realise it was going to be, you know, prime time ITV? I presume you did. No, I didn't. I don't think I don't think any of us did. 
it was just, you know, we were working, we were, uh, we were all busy. Um, we'd all done a lot because obviously Richard had, had been in many, many things and Paula had been in many, many things. And she's in Coronation Street now. She is. She is indeed. Yeah, new part in Coronation Street. Doing very well. Absolutely fantastic. I think it's wonderful. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I hope she comes back. Yeah, no, it is. Well, she's been part of our TV life for many years, hasn't she, as Paula? She's... Yes. So tell us about working on Man About the House. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of episodes. There were six series of it, wasn't there, over about over about six years? A long time, really. Uh, three years. Three years. Was it three? Uh, oh, three uh, years. Six series over three years, was it, I think? Yeah. 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 Tell us a bit about it, about working on it, and just the, just the fun memories you've got about working with Richard and Paula in particular. We did 13 episodes a year in um, slots of uh, uh, six and seven. And we were invited. I didn't, I didn't realize at the time, but we were invited to some marvelous things like the changing of the guards and, you know, just, just to be there and, and um, oh, some fantastic sort of dinner dances and and people used to specifically ask for us to to go to their you know the summer ball or whatever and we were having a marvelous time absolutely marvelous it was sort of it the thing was we we didn't we didn't have anything to compare it to because we'd all more or less done the same thing we didn't really sort of think it was anything unusual yeah i mean the actual show itself when it first started as we said before it was it was quite controversial because two two women and a man living but i gather right at the very beginning the storyline was that um chrissy and joe were looking for somebody else to live in the flats and they actually got i think it was gabrielle who was playing by played by helen fraser first of all <laughs> i love that one <laughs> When George comes upstairs to to make sure it's it's a woman or not or a man or or whichever, <laughs> there are specific ones that I do. I love the um, I love the one with the little puppy dogs. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Fantastic. Oh, I'm I'm going to get a little puppy dog now because having just moved, I can. You're allowed, are you? Yeah. It, it really, I, you know, it was there's um, a lovely square here and everything. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not talking about sort of um, a greyhound or anything, you know, nothing too dramatic, but you know, a little, a little baby cutie dog who who's not hopefully going to chew up much because there's an awful lot to chew up around here at the moment. Uh, it's um, it's quite exciting. What was Joe meant to be like? I mean, did you manage to shape her character yourself, or were you told Joe was going to be the you know uh, the the type that's sort of a little bit because she was a little bit dippy, wasn't she? Really? Yeah. Was that the yeah. plan? Was that the plan? Uh, I think I just well, I just did it because it, the the it was so well written. And we used to laugh when we went for the read-through in the morning. We 
we used to laugh around the, sitting around the table, and uh, it was it was just I don't think she she could have well she obviously wasn't going to be um, ultra intelligent or um, you know she wasn't going to become a pilot or anything like that, but she didn't have a surname, uh, she didn't have a job. Um, she didn't appear to have any parents because, well, if she did, we never saw them. And um, uh, I, you know, it was it. It's only been pointed out in the past years because people have asked me, "Oh, well, you know, where did she go to work?" And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, work? Uh, she did go to work." Um, what she did, I haven't got a clue. Uh, she was, I mean, she she could be anything. They didn't give her uh, any specific job or, or even, I don't even know where she came from. She could have been from anywhere. No, anyway, I, I did it the way I thought it, it, it was written. And, and I loved the script. I mean, just love the scripts. Out of all the ones I've done, I think that's got to be my. They're they're all my favourite. And for for the um, for the show to to be popular for all these years, it it couldn't have been bad, could it? She was very good at um, burning toast, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's true life. <laughs> I can't cook to save my life. And I, and I would like to say I've never tried, but I seriously have tried. And um, it's always been a disaster. Uh, my, when I was married the first time, uh, my husband's business friends, people, whoever they were, uh, they were um, they were invited over for dinner, so I said, "Oh yeah, okay." And and they were Indian, so I had uh, I had time off. I had nothing to do for you know quite a while, and so I thought, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll make them. I'll get a uh, recipe and make a traditional Indian dish of some kind." Because we didn't have sort of Indian restaurants and stuff then, and we had a well. I, I was in I was living in Brighton at the time, and there were little shops, you know, which sold herbs and spices and things I'd never heard of. Anyway, I got this um, I got this recipe, and I thought I wrote it all down, uh, and I went and shopped for the lot, and. And I took the whole day well, I, I dedicated the whole day to cook, to cooking it, and it was. Uh, they came back. They came over at I don't know, probably about seven o'clock or something. And I'd been doing this all day long, and <laughs> I kept I kept stirring it and putting some something else, and I was doing it to the letter and it tasted disgusting 
it wasn't you know, it wasn't spicy, it was nothing. So I thought, Oh God, I don't know. I'll just shove it on the I didn't like curry anyway, but I I, I thought I'll just shove it in the on the oven in the oven and and just cook it. Um, but I, it must be okay because I'd tried it with less curry powder, more curry powder, etc., etc. And uh, I think I was having a cheese salad probably. And anyway, they turned up and sat down, and all the table was laid. And I had quite a nice time because you know, make the table pretty and and all sorts of things like that. And then I taste I I I tasted it and it was absolutely disgusting. So I thought, Oh dear and what I didn't know and, and they hadn't put in the recipe was that the heat of the curry powder, you know, spicy bit of the curry powder didn't come out until it was cooked. So I was cooking it, cooking it, I thought, and uh, mixing things, and it was sort of, I don't know, tasted like a a really rather horrible stew. Anyway, I thought, well, I can't do any more. I've got everything in it. I've done everything that was that was in the thing in the recipe. So here we go. I I had to leave the room because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it was you know, totally inedible. I mean, it, I I would like to say you know that that could have caused the divorce, but it was just, it was just awful. So I did. I have I have tried, but I I mean I just everything I turn to in the kitchen either breaks, falls off the top or something happens or catches on fire and I realised that quite a few years ago so I gave up. Joe was uh, was art imitating life then? Exactly yeah. And Ashley's conversation with Sally Thompson continues after we found out what else is on offer from Distinct Nostalgia Distinct Nostalgia is home to some of the great women of British sitcom We've got interviews with Felicity Candle from The Good Life and Wendy Craig from Butterflies. There's Linda Robson and Leslie Joseph from Birds of a Feather. Plus Matilda Thorpe, who starred in The Desmonds, and Sherry Hewson and Amanda Barry, recalling their carry-on days. And now three more queens of sitcom are joining us over the summer. Sally Tomzit relives her Man About the House days. She was very good at burning toast, if I remember. Yeah, that's true life. <laughs> I can't cook to save my life. While Anna Karen tells us how she created Olive in On the Buses. They said we want her to be very plain. So we went out for a day and sort of looked around all the bus stations and things. And I saw this woman who looked just like Olive. The hair parted and the glasses and terrible. And I went back and said, that's how I'd like her to be. In fact, the very first episode, I had a fringe for half of it, and then no fringe for the second half because they wouldn't go back and shoot again. So, you know, it, it just stuck. So you were part of the creation of Olive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Plus, Judy Cornwall, who was hired since Sister Daisy in Keeping Up Appearances, also pops in for a chat. 
it was very funny. On the on the very first day in the studio, our first scene, Onslow and Daisy, was in bed. <laughs> so we climbed into the bed, lay down and pretended we were asleep, and then the whole bed collapsed and our legs went in the air. And the audience were just uncontrollable. They were falling about. The women of Great British Sitcom. Available this summer on Distinct Nostalgia. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. Listen out for new episodes and scroll through our archives for past programmes wherever you get your podcasts. Now, one of the, 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 the main things, of course, about Man About the House was that you were supposed to, all three of you, be sharing and it all be very plutonic. But, of course, Richard's character... Robin, does have an eye for both of you, doesn't he, in different ways? Well, really, I think it, he um, he had an eye for Paula rather, rather. rather than me. I mean, he, he thought, I mean, his character, I thought that I was a bit daft, I think, because there were some silly bits in it, which I loved. But it, it was definitely... Paula, who who's more drawn to, and and of course, and then she married his brother. His brother was in a previous episode, I think, and also then was in um, the uh, Lord Mildred. They moved in next door. Norman Ashley. Yeah, I saw him the other day. Yeah, he's still um, he's, he's still going um, strong. And and it was it. If I mean, if you, if you were sort of following it, it becomes very com- uh, confused. No, you're right. Towards the end, it felt as though they were struggling with some of those episodes. It didn't feel quite right. And then, yeah, Norman Ashley turned up as a different character, as next door neighbour to, uh, to to George and Mildred. But tell yeah, us a bit about yeah. uh, tell us a bit about Brian Murphy and Yutha Joyce because they, of course, were supposed to be originally. A sort of a bit part in the in the in the whole thing, really, because they were downstairs. They were the landlords, but they weren't yeah, meant to yeah. be a big part. But they became a big part, didn't they? I mean, they, they, their their double act together was superb, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And I uh, I believe they'd known each other. Well, I know they'd known each other for a long time, but I think they met at uh, Joan Littlewood's theatre workshop and they I mean they just I mean they just acted so well well they acted so well full stop but they I mean they played off each other so well they were in various films together I remember there was they were in a a Sparrows Can't Sing they were in together weren't they yeah they did lots and lots together. Yeah, yeah. No, their chemistry was fantastic. What was obviously we've we've we lost Youther in 1980, uh, you know, 41 years ago now. What? Tell us a bit about Youther Joyce. What What was she like as a person to work with? Oh, Youther was absolutely fabulous. We lived um, about, I suppose, ten minutes walk away from each other, so we both went in the same car to the rehearsals and or wherever we had to go and um, when we had our break it wasn't obviously a normal holiday like children's holidays or anything like that it was nobody else really 
with everybody else was working. But uh, she had a, an apartment in a very little-known place in in uh, Spain called Neja, which I believe is actually quite fashionable and quite big now. And uh, because because we all had the same time off, we either you know sort of spent it on our own or or went together. Richard used to go to Malta, and as I say, Yutha had this place in Necha and she said oh whoa, why don't we go and her mum was alive then and so the three of us went to Necha uh, for oh, probably two three weeks or or something and and it was perfect because although we were at the time quite famous Necha wasn't it was you know firstly full of Spanish people and um, Man About the House wasn't on then and in Spain and so we weren't recognised so we weren't driven mad by anybody and we just had a we had a ball we had a fabulous time she was marvellous uh, and our mum was gorgeous too so we had a very very nice time and I only just recently found out that when um when they started, or, or when they were filming um, the one after, that uh, Norman Ashley also went to the same place. So they went on holiday together too. Sweet. It is. Was Youth, uh, I mean, I always get the impression that she she obviously worked very, very hard. She obviously put a lot into playing Mildred. And as you say, you were all extremely famous at that particular point. I mean, it was massive. You know, it was a massive show, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Do yeah. you think, do you think, um, I mean, probably on all of you to an extent, did, did that fame take its toll on people like people like you, so do you think? Well, I, I wouldn't have thought so. After, I mean, after we finished Mad About the House, I've been working since the age of 11, so I decided that, it's about time I went out and had some fun and travelled a bit. I I'd, I'd just been you know I'd just been in the studio, so consequently I I didn't see Yutha after we finished, or not just Yutha. I didn't see anybody because I was going around the world to Singapore and America, etc., 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 and and going to visit all the people I hadn't had time to visit before. So I really, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't really in touch with her from, let's see, 1976. Oh, I, I got married once, yeah. Then I got married again, and we were having a pool party at the house, and the radio was on, and it suddenly said that she'd passed away, and that was quite a few years after I'd seen her. And I, I was just, well, I was just devastated. I mean, it was, and, uh, apparently she just bought a fabulous house in uh, Suffolk or Somerset or somewhere that began with S. It was, you know, it was just, it was, it was awful. It was, well, it was unbelievable. 
Yeah, and it, of course it um, it prematurely brought George and Mildred to an end because I know they were planning more episodes and that had gone on and became a huge a success, just as successful as Man About the House, hadn't it? Yes, it had indeed. I mean, loads of people loved it. And then there was uh, the one that uh, Richard was in. with Robin's Nest. That's it. Where he was the chef and stuff. But, um, no, it, it was, you know, it was just, you, you can't comment because, well, I can't comment because I, I wasn't there. Uh, but it was an awful shock. And even more so, I should think, with Brian. What about Richard? Now, Richard, of course, has been around for a long, long time. You mentioned he goes back a long way, and he does. I mean, he was in Carry On Teacher. He was in those yeah, uh, those yeah. Cliff Richard films in the early 1960s. So by the time he was in Man About the House, he was a massive, massive name and a, a real a real sort of heartthrob, wasn't he, at that time? Oh, gosh, yeah. He was. Um... Oh, yeah, because he did um, Cleopatra with Liz Taylor. He'd done lots and lots of things. But he, he's very uh, sort of laid back. He he wouldn't make a fuss about anything. And, you know, he's, he's very quiet and reserved and everything. But hysterically funny and a very good cook. In contrast, in contrast to Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He used to cook us all uh, fantastic Sunday lunches and uh, the the whole thing, roast beef, you know, Yorkshire pudding, all the vegetables and and everything. And we all used to go around to his, uh, his house. All you had to do was go downstairs and the whole of the bottom area the basement had been made into this huge great kitchen and then there was a there was an enormous um table and we all used to spend the whole day there with the music going and the food was fantastic and it was it was you know it was really a very nice time now, you dated Richard at one point, didn't you? I did what? Did you date Richard at one point? Uh, well, I wouldn't say exactly, because nobody we knew was sort of free at the same time as we were. So, we, yeah, we just, we went everywhere together. Um, I was married. Brian was married. Yutha had the odd boyfriend here and there, and she had her gorgeous little dogs. And... Uh, Richard was, oh, Richard was divorced, I think, then, and so was I. So it left the two of us, sort of, either we're going to sort of take strangers along with us, which wouldn't have been good, because it would have been sort of, um, you know, who's this one? Oh, God, who's this one? So with all the things that we were in, invited to, it, was, it it seemed obvious just to go together. And then, you know, there was no hassle. Um, we just sort of, uh, well, we, did, we just went together. 
which was nice. Yeah, and I can imagine, you know, you were you were young people. It was nineteen seventies. You were you were at the height of your fame. You must have been a it must have been a, a magical time in a way. I mean, obviously you've got frustrations of people following you and uh, the press always wanting to talk about you, all that kind of thing. But, you know, when you look back, it, it must be quite a special period being in Man About the House. Mm. It was. It was lovely. It was It was the best fun. Now, just tell me, you know the, the opening titles of Man About the House? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's several of them, isn't there? There's different ones where you're walking around London or you're on the boat and things like that. Do you remember filming those? Uh, vaguely, yeah, sort of. There's one with you with an ice cream. Oh, that was the that was the um, the zoo, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were quite funny, and of course, every every TV comedy in those days ended up having a uh, a film connected to it, didn't it? What can you can you remember doing the film? I can. Uh, and uh, I don't mean to be rude, but I thought it was awful. We had a different director, we had a different producer. Um, it didn't, it didn't sort of gel together. Especially seeing as we'd just done all of the episodes, um, you know, and we we'd done quite a lot, and and then suddenly this script comes along. Initially. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I I thought we'd have the same people because we we used to have the same people every week when we were making the show, um, and uh, no, we didn't. The director was I I mean I wouldn't like to have been put in his shoes because we were so used to our our director, but no, I I I don't think. Oh, I tell me it's dreadful, but I really don't think it's very good. Well, I think the thing was, it wasn't it basically focused on the beginning of the story again, wasn't it? So you'd, you'd have this series yeah, when you'd had yeah. all these episodes, but this was like going back to the beginning when when Robin first moved in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, and it was. I don't know. It, you didn't. I can't remember how long it took, probably about six weeks, I should think, to film it. But it it didn't have, you know, the nice, it didn't have the same makeup lady or costume person or lighting man or anything. You just didn't know anybody. Not that that should make any difference, but it did to us because we were so used to all the people that we'd worked with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, it went on for six series you did, and that's quite a lot for a sitcom. And you did, as you say, you did a lot of episodes. And, and it was great that it carried on in terms of there was the spin-offs of George Mildred and Robin's Nest. But do you think it, Man About the House could have continued a, a bit more? Do you think you could have had more of them? Or even or even revisited the characters later on? Uh, I think we could possibly have got away with one more series because we didn't want to get stale and oh it's them again oh got fed up with them we didn't want any of that but I think we could have possibly yeah we we could have got away with one one more series I think obviously we're, we're 50 nearly 50 years ago literally I mean 48 years since it 
since it first came out in in 1973 and as you yeah. said earlier yeah. it's still popular people are still watching it when it's played on tv it still has a resonance people still identify with it even though it's the 1970s it's a long time ago but there are uni- there is universal humor in there that seems to have lasted isn't there yeah it was all down to the uh, to the writers absolutely brilliant as you know in man about the house you know the opening titles come on there's a there's a there's the the odd picture of your your bottom wiggling around as it were yeah, um yeah. that wouldn't be allowed today would it well somebody put on twitter yesterday funnily enough um oh that wouldn't be allowed now i thought well why not <laughs> you know it it was my own i didn't have a stand in and it's my name why not it's a yeah it's a bit of a laugh and now look look where we are now everybody's miserable you can't do this you can't do that you can't even be funny anymore because the i mean all this uh all this oh you can't say that you can't say this you can't do the other i think it's it's sort of ruined comedy a little bit isn't isn't part of british humor the the old thing like the carry-ons and whatever it's it's the double entendre isn't it we, we're all into the yeah, double entendre yeah. that's that's part of yeah, being british yeah. isn't it yeah i mean it was it's like uh um uh mrs slocum yeah and, and it, it's that sort of thing i mean it, that's still funny yeah, Are You Being Served is very funny. You watch that yeah, now and it's, yeah. uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People like it because there's so much you can't do, but at least you can sort of settle down on the sofa and and just sort of um, have a good laugh, really. A lot of comedy is either too surreal for me or it's t- too tame. There's just sort of... There's nothing to it, really. In fact, a lot of it is just not funny at all. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. And you keep thinking, oh, in a minute, this is this is going to make me laugh. And especially now, because we've, we've only really got the television to watch, um, it's like, you know, what, who thought that was amusing? It's, it's not. It's just awful. <laughs> So I've taken to watching, um, well, Tales of the Unexpected. <laughs> Were you ever in that? I wish. No, I won't now, but I'd love to have been in one of them. What was your fan mail like, Sally, back in the day? What kind of things did you, What you know, you must have got a lot of fan mail back then. Oh, yeah, I did. My mum used to do it for me. And now... It's um, it's funny. My my fan mail now now comes from mostly men of around about fifty fifty five. Um, now it, it goes to my agent, who's at Elstree Studios, and then when she gets an amount, I don't know how much, but she then puts it in a big envelope and sends it to me. So your fans now are guys who were probably in their teens and 20s or, or, or maybe even younger, actually, in the in the 1970s, weren't they? Yeah, 
around about that. Yeah, they grew, they grew up watching you. That's basically the, the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. How, how does that make you feel? Oh, fine. That's terribly funny. <laughs> uh, I don't, I shouldn't really say this, but I don't have horrible people saying nasty things. They they all think I'm wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm funny, which is, uh, I think that's the way it should be. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Now, um, just finally, um, talking about um, Man About the House, nearly 50 years, as you say, and all of those people, several went on to do other things. Uh, uh, Richard, of course, with um, with Robin's Nest, and then Me and My Girl, and uh, Dick Turpin, I remember as a kid, I remember being in the series Dick Turpin. I read it, and I thought, I, I don't know anything much about Dick Turpin at all, I wouldn't have cast Robin uh, Richard as Dick Turpin. I've always thought that Dick Turpin was sort of a great big tall chap on a horse or something. It was. It was quite. A, it's quite a flamboyant uh, interpretation, and it was a bit comedy, t- tongue in cheek, a bit. And I think, I think um, Richard came over as quite flamboyant. You know what I mean? It was quite a. That was the kind of kind of part. Kind of part it was. Brian Murphy and Youth of Joyce went on to do George and Mildred, and that was fantastic. And then Paul has done all yeah. sorts of things. And you did quite a few of the things afterwards as well. But then you decided to to give up acting for a while, didn't you? Well, I, f- I figured that, you know, I've been working constantly since I was 11. And I thought, it's about time that I went out and had some fun. Because I had, I had a lot of money in the bank. And what was I doing? Just adding to it. It was like, okay. Uh, but I, was, I wasn't going anywhere. I, I, well, I was sort of partying at night and stuff. But I, um, no, I, I sort of thought it's about time I've travelled a bit. So I did. And, uh, and I actually had a ball. You know, if you if if you've got it and you've got the money and you've got the time to do it, you might as well enjoy yourself for a while. Well, yeah. Now, it's great that you, you, you all of you are still uh, loved and and watched on the TV and all the rest of it. But the one thing I think we all miss is is um, is Richard O'Sullivan in the sense that he was such a a big name for many many years. And I yeah. often feel yeah. as though he had. I know you know we he's had health issues and things, but it's we haven't really. The country doesn't seem to have celebrated him properly, in my view, because I think he's done. He did so many things. He was so prolific for so many years. Um, it would be great, wouldn't it, to do something in which we recognise the things that Richard did, going yeah. way, way back yeah. to the nineteen fifties. Yeah, he'll never do it. He 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 will never do anything again. I think he. It was uh, uh, Robin Asquith went to visit and I keep I, I keep getting that question online and it's like uh, you know well I can't speak to him because I don't know what he's doing or what he wants to do or well actually I do he doesn't want to do anything but I think he's he's very happy where he is and he's healthy which is the most important and uh, he yeah you know, he's having a nice time I went to visit 
gosh, I went to visit him a long time ago with Paula and Brian. Um, and he, you know, he he's great. He he was in in great uh, in great humour and very happy. We went to the local pub together and had lunch. And yeah, he he's he was he well I'm sure he he still is happy where he is. I I'm absolutely certain that he will never do anything at, at all again, which is a shame. It's a waste, really. You've got to respect, I suppose, what how he feels. I mean, at the end of the day, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. But but it but it does feel it does feel shame just because. I mean, even if he doesn't want to do anything, I, I think I think the the TV world could honour him in some way at some point. Do you know what I mean? By maybe maybe doing something where they show a lot of his material at once and and sort of you know reflect on his on his career because um, yeah, he was so yeah. big for so many decades, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I, mean, I don't know whether they'd have to ask him if it's okay to do it or not because I don't know anything about that, but if they had to ask him uh, his permission to show whatever, I personally, I think he'd say no. I was talking to uh, Melvin Hayes about him the other day. Melvin, of course, worked with him in the Cliff Richard films and yeah, uh, yeah. when he was very, very young, and it sounds as though they had a real, they had a ball doing those, an absolute ball. Oh, I bet they did. All those great song and dance routines and everything, you know, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, marvelous. Well, well, fingers crossed. At some point, maybe, maybe that, maybe they'll somebody will recognise him in, in in some way, shape, or form. I hope so. Just look, just finally looking back, then Sally. Um, I mean, you mentioned earlier on that it was a magical period and an important period in in your life. I mean, we can safely say, I suppose, being in Man About the House, although you were a working actress and did lots of things in lots of places, it, it certainly changed your life, didn't it? Um, yeah, I think it did. In a good way? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. There's nothing, I've got nothing negative about it at all. It, it must have been rather special as well, when you think back, working at Thames Television, because that was, you know, you think about TV now and, the, you know, we, we, things are done in a particular way and things have moved on and whatever. But at that time, this was when telly was at its, you know, at its height, wasn't it, really? And Thames TV yeah, was yeah. a special place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fabulous. It was such a shame when it, it closed down. Would you find yourself bumping into all sorts of people, you know, like Tommy Cooper and all sorts of people like that? Oh, yeah, but I bumped into Cary Grant. Actually, that was at Elstree Studios, but that's the, <laughs> that's the main thing that stays in my mind, because he was my heart my... of. Oh, did you, did you speak to him? Well, we were, we were filming The Railway Children, so I was on my own, walking down a corridor, and he was on his own, walking the opposite way and I thought oh my god I mean it was, it was <laughs> it's pathetic really but it's uh, I thought oh oh my god 
And, of course, I looked about 10, and he was probably about 65 or something then. But I just sort of looked at him as we passed each other and thought, oh, no, why wasn't I, you know, why wasn't I in some glamorous film or something like that? And And we could have spoken to each other. But anyway, I did meet him. Sally, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you. It's been lovely to talk to you too, Ashley. And um, it's great that, you know, as I say, Man About the House is still being shown and we can still see you um, in the 1970s having such having such fun. And as you say, it's great that they're being repeated in another way as well because they're bright, they're breezy, they're cheerful and we all need something to cheer ourselves up at the moment, don't we? We certainly do. Yeah, and I hope that does it. Sally Thompson speaking to Ashley and next time we carry on our celebration of great British sitcom as we meet Anna Karen who played Olive in On the Buses. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM and don't forget you can find loads of great interviews, reunions plus new drama and comedy at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast.